Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I'm getting anxious, folks. I don't know about you all. We're, we're headed home. We're on the winning side tonight, by the way. You've been born again. You're on the winning side. Amen. Uh, I sit and listen to the, the prayer request and then all the sicknesses and cancers and all this stuff coming against us. Guess what? It's only temporary. Right. It ain't going to be going where I'm going. Right. We're going to be going to a place that, that there is no night. We're going to a place where the roses never fade. And we're going to be singing praises to Jesus for eternity. I mean, here we're in the house of the Lord, and he blesses us with a few hours. And sure, we ought to keep the praise on the lips when we leave. But I tell you, up there in heaven, think about that church. Think about what that's going to be like. Can you imagine being in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? We get a glimpse of it while we're down here having church. And sure, it's great to be up here where the Spirit of the Lord is, but also there's liberty. And it's great to be up here when he has liberty to move. And sure, we feel his presence. We may see him uh, moving between breast to breast. But up there, he never does leave us. We're going to see him. He said, we'll see him as he is. The apostle wrote over in 1 John. And to be in his presence for eternity. Think about that today, church. Think about that. But it is good to be back in the Lord's house. Good to be back at New Providence. Lord laid this message on my heart about about a month or so ago, and I tell you, one of the hardest things of being a preacher is trying to be mindful of the way the Lord wants you to preach. And this actually came to me as I was at another church. Now, picture this for a minute. Never happened to me before. I'll get to preaching in a second. I promise. But I was preaching at another church. And out of the middle of the blue, God dumped this message on me. And I'm trying to keep this message of preaching, I mean, what he gave to me. And the whole time, he's feeding me this message. And having to chew on it. I'm telling you what, if you took a cold ball and shook it up real good and opened the lid, what happened? It goes everywhere. I've been amazed about the past month and a half. I'll be honest. Won't deliver this message. And so he gives this to me, and I'm... I can't multitask at all. I'm about as backwards as cornbread, and, and I can't multitask. I'm trying to keep God's message to flow and to stay on this. That's hard to do for this old country boy. But anyhow, I'm here tonight, and, and I'm thankful for that. If you got your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 37. Ezekiel, chapter 37. Somebody asked me coming in. Asked me how I've been. I said, I'm tired. And it's good to come to a place when I say that I'm tired. People know what I'm talking about. Yeah. People think, well, you can't tell by looking. I learned a while back, you can't always tell by looking. Right. Yeah. There's a woman, I'll get to, look, to preaching here in a second. I'm going to share this with you. There was a woman that had been bitten by a dog, and she, she grew kind of sick. And so she went to the doctor to get to figure out what's going on. And, the doctor came to her and said, I hate to inform you, but this dog that bit you was rabid and you're going to die. He said, if you don't have a will, you may want to get to business. She said, give me a piece of paper now. 
he handed her a piece of paper and she broke down on the front side, flipped it over, filled up the back seat. She, she said, give me another piece of paper. Filled out four or five sheets of paper. She got done, finally the doctor looked at her and said, some will. She said, will nothing. This is the people I want to buy before I die. You might get that after a while. You can't always tell by looking, but I'm tired. But God's good, amen? Let's get to the reading. Ezekiel 37 and verse number 1. The Bible said, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said to me, prophecy, or prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to stand. God, we ask that you'd hide me behind the cross, Lord God, that you would speak clearly and boldly through me the message you'd have me to preach tonight. Lord, you know the hearts who are here. You know where they're at, Lord, and they'll walk with you. You know what their struggles are, what they're tempted with. God, you know why we're here tonight. I ask, Lord Jesus, first and foremost, that if he's one amongst us tonight, that doesn't know from the free pardon of sin that you would Convict our hearts and prick them apart, dear Lord. Show them they're in need of a Savior. God, if there's someone tonight that has been born again, that's, that's just struggling, Lord, that's find herself in these scriptures, may they leave here a little more recharged, a little more spark in their step, dear Lord. Something they could do uh, to encourage, something you could do for them to encourage them to, to walk more better in a straighter way, Father. I pray, God, that your will would be done. We ask all these things in Jesus' sweet and holy and righteous name and all God's people said, amen. amen and amen. You can be seated. As I was coming over to church tonight, I, I'll tell you the thought I had for this, but as I hear the testimonies and as I was praying back there earlier, he completely, I can't say changed the direction, but I can also say he's not going to leave anybody out of this message tonight. We're all uh, find ourselves sometimes in this kind of condition. And if I had a thought, sometimes I get titles from a message and sometimes I don't. But tonight, if I had a thought, I'd like to preach on just dead. I was thinking coming over here about a dead Christian. But as I read, as I pray, and I study, and I, met, and I, and I, and I, and I seek God, just the word dead. And you think for a few moments, my first thought when I was studying this and he gave it to me, was how many Christians... How many churches have ended up dead? They come to church intending on the worship, maybe come to church and don't have a clue what they're worshiping. They get out in this walk of life and they start being partakers of the world and they may even have, we could say, have their heads stuck in the sand a little bit too far. They think for themselves, well, because I've been born again, I've got life all figured out, I've got it by the horns and I ain't got to worry about nothing. But how many of y'all are here tonight know that we 
are also facing a live devil every day of our lives. How many of us Christians tonight can say that we understand and know that he never does rest at trying to tempt us and lead us astray? The Bible says a thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And my friends, one of the greatest threats to, to, to Satan himself is you and I. And so if he can get a hold of God's children and lead them astray and make them think that they have the whole word of God figured out, that they can recite messages after message, if they can think for a second that they can just get lukewarm, and I'll get to that in just a few moments, and get comfortable where they're at with God, my friends, he will lead you astray and certainly still kill and destroy absolutely everything that you have anything to do with. How many of us Christians can stand today and raise a hand or say amen to there have been times in your life to where you feel that you couldn't pray all the way to heaven? How many times have you all struggled in your Christian walk? Say amen right there. I know we all have. If you ain't struggled any time in your Christian life, I promise you there will come a day to where you just feel flat out dead. And you start thinking, where in the world is God at now? Uh, we've heard all of our lives that God will never leave us, that he'll never forsake us. But where is he at now? Can I tell you, that's a lie straight from a devil's hell. Let me tell you what, church. God will never leave you, and he'll never uh, uh, leave you comfortless. He said, but I will come unto you. Amen. He will be by your side. He will lead you and guide you in the truth of righteousness for his name's sake. He will not leave you hanging high and dry. Can I tell you today, we've come too far to turn back now. And so as I look around this walk of life, it's time for us Christians to get our head out of the sand. Amen. Quit worrying about offending somebody and being a light for Jesus Christ. It's time for us to quit coming into the house of God and being lukewarm. Amen. And being comfortable going through the same old repetition thing. And it's time to take a stand for Jesus. I don't know when he's going to come back and I don't know the hour but I can promise you he is coming back and if you ain't ready I tell you it's going to be plumb out miserable without him amen you better be ready for such an hour that you think not the son of man is going to come you say preacher they've been saying that for hundreds and thousands of years I don't believe that can I tell you not Church, and if you don't believe it, ain't going to change his mind one bit. He ain't going to tarry. When he comes, he's going to come. Amen. You better be ready. Uh, the Bible says you must be born again. And the Bible says not of incorruptible seed, uh, but not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. Let me tell you this, church, this might come as a surprise to you, but being a primitive Baptist does not guarantee your seed in heaven. Amen. Right there. But let me get back to the Christian. We get lukewarm in our Christian walk. Amen. We come to the house of God. We sit in the same pew. But we never move for God. We never raise our hands in church. We never decide to serve. We never shout. We never shed a tear. We never take a trip to the altar because we're afraid or ashamed that somebody might judge us. Let me tell you something. When that time comes, guess what's going to happen to you? You'll start getting lukewarm. You'll start getting comfortable. You'll start... It's just, just 
Quit worshiping God completely. And before you know it, you'll start missing a service here and missing a service there. You'll forget about the prayer life. You'll forget about the singing. You'll forget about reading the word of God. Amen. You'll forget about meditating on God day and night. And before you know it, you'll be in the same valley that we just read about of dry bones. And the scripture says here they wouldn't just dry, but they were very dry. Can I tell you, they were plumb dead. Amen. And let me tell you something today, Christians. We ought not to be dead. We are alive tonight, ain't we, church? He's alive. So because he's alive, we're alive. Amen. And so here we find that Ezekiel says that God sent him about in a valley of dry bones. And he says, can these bones live? In other words, he's asking, is there any hope for them? Has Satan ever told you there ain't no hope? (laughs) Has Satan ever convinced you that nobody cares for you? Has Satan ever told you that there is no hope at all? That you might as well just give up and quit preaching and quit singing and quit setting the church pew? Has Satan ever told you you might as well just go ahead and throw on a towel? Has Satan ever tempted you to stay out of the house of God to go on a hunt trip or a fishing trip or some shopping spree? Hey, if you serve the world, you can't serve God. Amen. Amen. I was hoping to come with an uplifting message, but God turned my steering wheel a different direction. Is there any hope? He says here in verse number three, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Thank God he's an all-knowing God tonight. There has been times, church, that Satan has almost, yes. almost had me convinced, you might as well give up. <laughs> but guess what happened? <laughs> guess what happened to you, church? There's an ember that's inside of me. <laughs> guess what it got put there? When I was born again. The fire may get smoldered. We may go through things in this walk of life. That will for sure walk on us and trample us. It might dim our view for a little while. It might put the fire out. But deep, <laughs> deep down inside of you, I think the word says his word is like a fire shut up in my bones. And if you've been here very long, I know you've heard the word of God preached. Amen right there. If you've been here under Brother Thomas preaching, I know you've heard the word of God. And let me tell you something what the Bible says. His word will not return void. Amen. And so what happens, listen here. You sit in the house of God and you think, well, why am I even here? I might well just go out my car and leave. And deep down inside of you, you start hearing the voice of God. Hey, say, hey, child, you know what that thing is in your chest. It's called purpose. Let me tell you something. When you was born again, you had a new purpose, a new reason to live. It wasn't for ourselves. It wasn't for the church. Our purpose is to glorify God. Amen right there. I'm telling you, it's time for Christians to quit being dead and dried up and sawed up like a possum. I'm telling you, it's time to raise our hands to glory and do a little prayer. Praise never now and then and quit being ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have to excuse me. We just came out of revival a few weeks ago and I'm still eating off of it. What about you people in here that couldn't be lost tonight? <laughs> it's going to start getting uncomfortable in here in a few minutes. How about you folks that's never been alive? You're still in a valley of dry bones. And you sit back here in these church pews 
and you sit and think he is crazy. Amen. You couldn't be more right. Guess what? I was in the same boat you were in. I've been in the same seat that you're sitting in, feeling old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. And you're sitting there just dead and would have no care in the world. And all of a sudden, you begin to hear the voice of God and an old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction come by your church, minding your own business. Might have your little phones out there playing a game or write some love. And all of a sudden, here come the Holy Ghost to a direction saying, it's now, it's never. Praise God. He said, it's now, today is the day of salvation. He said, look up. Thy redemption draweth nigh. I'm telling you today, church, if you're lost and undone without God, you're in the same valley as the bone. And it's time for you to stand up and make profession of faith because God is strong on your heart. And now is the time to accept Christ. You know why you're so depressed? Because you're lost. You know why church don't feel comfortable to you? Because you're lost. But let me tell you something. That old songwriter said, I've never been sorry. That I trusted in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never been sorry. Praise his holy name. Every minute I find him, guess what? He's exactly the same. He said, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. The same God that saved this old boy right here, and this brother right here, and this brother sitting down here, and my wife, and my son, and one, one day my little girl. The same God. He's still the same today as he was yesterday and forevermore. And the same way that I got saved has to be the same way you get saved. Maybe not the same prayer, maybe not the same place, but by the same blood. Amen. There's one blood, one Jesus. Amen. One salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by me. You may try your church membership. You may try your fences to clothes or the nicest of cards, but guess what? You're still going to miss the mark. Amen. It takes the blood of Jesus. I remember man in the Bible named Nicodemus, he had to come to Jesus by night. The Bible says he was a ruler. He wasn't no dummy. He was a smart one. But he came to Jesus by night. And he said, how can a man be reentered to his brother's womb and be born? I love what Jesus answered. He said, marvel not. I say unto thee, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Let me tell you something. If you get to glory, you must be born again. Amen. Amen. But we get lukewarm. This is another part of this message that God gave me. Revelation chapter number three. I don't have to turn there. I'm going to read some scripture to you. You know what goes to church to the Laodicea? A dead person. They found herself, thought they had it all figured out. Guess what's sitting beside that little decision? A lot of Baptists I run into. <laughs> they think they got it all figured out the Baptist way. You see, you know what I run into a lot of churches or a lot of so-called churchgoers? Belief systems. Well, because you believe this way and I believe that way, right. you all have heard them excuses. 
Because you interpret this way and I interpret this way. What does the Word of God say? Let's get ourselves completely out of the equation. Because God knows we'd mess it up anyway. And what does God's Word say? Church of Laodicea. Revelation 3 and 14, the Bible says, And to the angel of the church of the seasons, write these things, saith the Amen. My Bible falling apart. I'm about to duct tape. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works, but thou art neither cold nor hot, I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And because thou sayest, listen to this church, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, here's the bad part, and have need of nothing. He said here, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Does that not sound like a lot of church folks we know today? We come in here and still couldn't be lost, couldn't be born again. I told you this a little while ago that God will leave nobody out of this equation here. He's going to put us all the way along tonight. We come to the house of God because we have to, because we get drugged to, or whatever the excuse may be. And you think that we have everything figured out and you have need of absolutely nothing. Somewhere down the road, Satan comes to you and beats you half dead. And you think, where in the tarnation did that come from? What have I done to deserve this? We had a preacher at our revival this past week use this analogy. He said a lot of people will misquote scripture. He said some people will say that that God will not put more on you than you can bear. Guess what I found out? That's a lie. That is a lie. Because the verse don't stop right there. The reason he put Brother Greg Willis on his back to make him feel that he can't take any more is to get his attention to make him understand that he can't do a thing in the world without God's help. The reason, amen, that I've been took and drugged and dragged through the ditches the past four or five years of my life is to make me understand that I can't even walk without him holding my hand. The reason, amen, that God puts us through these dark, trying, and miserable times in our lives Amen is to make us see and understand just how limited we are and how <laughs> how powerful and almighty that God really is. Amen. He is the only one, I got bars from my uncle, he is the only one who can take a square peg and put it in a round hole. He does the impossible, church, yeah, even right. if it takes you uh, laying a flight of your back, even if it takes 
Taking someone that you love dearly, even if it means taking all your home and your clothes and your money, but he will do whatever he takes to put you where you need to belong. And by the way, the old little song says, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. He's still working on this old Baptist preacher, but guess what? He's molding me and shaping me. Amen. The likeness and image of God. And one day after a while, amen, when I open my eyes to be in Jesus, with Jesus forever, I'll be perfect. I'll be made whole. And praise amen. God, I won't have to worry about no cancers. I ain't going to worry about no sicknesses. I ain't going to worry about no dead. And praise God, they won't be no more valley of dry bones. Yeah, amen. amen. But Jesus said over here in Revelation, I'm not Jesus, but the, the apostle wrote over here in Revelation chapter number three. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire. Guess what fire does? It purifies. I believe it. The apostle John said, let every man that hath his hope purifieth himself, even if he is pure. <laughs> There's something about having the blessed hope of Jesus. I don't know about you, but it feels good to be born again. And there's something about having the blessed hope not come from this world, but come from the Lord Jesus Christ that gives me a little bit of pep in my step. Amen. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. When God blesses you with the riches from heaven, this money down here, it don't even matter anymore. Can I tell you tonight, church, I've never seen anybody take a bit of their money into heaven. It's all left behind for us to fight over, ain't it? Amen. The rich in this world, hey, listen, when I married my wife, I give her a gold ring. Amen. It's something we cherish down here. But in glory, think about this. We're going to walk on the stuff. Yeah. It don't matter anymore. Yeah. Praise God. I'm ready to go home. Listen right here for a little bit. I cancel thee to buy, uh, buy of me gold trying to fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Brother Ryder stood up here and testified a minute ago. <laughs> I guarantee you, brother, if you stand and testify a little bit more, some more your testimony, you'd have to say your eyes was open. Yeah. Right. You thought you could see before you got born again. Hey, I had perfect vision. But let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost of God passed by a little 76 model single wide trailer and showed me that I was lost. And when I got born again, praise God, I looked around. I thought, what in the tarnation just happened? That little dumpy trailer, I love my little trailer. That little dumpy trailer I grew up in wasn't no dump, and I don't even care anymore. I had Jesus, and He had me. You talking about being rich? Yeah. My father owns, as I said, the the, the cattle on a thousand hills. This stuff down here don't matter. Back over to Ezekiel, verse number seven. Here's some obedience here. Church, listen to me for a second. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Let me break this down for you in case you miss this. If God calls on you to move, 
you better move. Amen. You better move. He will get his praise. He'll get his honor. You better move. Obedience is better. I had a preacher friend of mine when God was telling me about preaching. He said, just obey God. Just obey God. Verse number seven, it said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, <laughs> there was a noise. Yeah. I can't help get excited reading this, brother. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Is there any hope for the lost tonight, church? Is there any hope for the dead Christians gotten lukewarm in the house of God? Is there any hope at all for us? We just got to obey God, don't we? He can speak the word if we'd obey him. He said, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from, uh, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. Let me give you this in country boy terms. We had a valley of completely very dry bones. Correct? According to scripture, that's what he said. They were very dry. They had no life on them. They had no skin on them. They didn't have a narrow drop of blood running through them. They were very, a lot of Baptist churches very dry today too, ain't they? But they were very dry. And because the prophet obeyed the voice of God and commanded the breath to be breathed into them, skin become a covering them, and guess what filled them up to? Blood. Amen. I'm telling you, the bones that once were dead is now starting to come alive. I can hear the shaking in my ears, brother and sister. Let me tell you something tonight. If you are dead, let me allow God to move in your life. Let him take control of your life. The bones started shaking, skin started covering them, blood went to flow up through them, and they which are dead is now alive. There's still hope tonight, church. We don't have to be dead, drugged out, slung out, depressed all the time. Can I tell you, there's still hope in a man named Jesus. He still has power. How many of y'all have run into folk and think, Dadgum, there's no hope for him. He can't be saved. There's a fellow I work with, quite a few of them actually. I think, why don't they get it? They're not ignorant. They know of him. They've got a foreknowledge. Why can't they see? And here comes the Holy Spirit. He said, to me, there's a small grain of sand. When's the last time you prayed for somebody? When was the last time that you carried a burden for somebody lost? I'm not talking to come to the house of God and say, well, pray for my... And that's good to pray. Don't think I'm... Don't. But when was the last time that you carried a burden? I'm talking being broken and hurt and plumb sick at your stomach because you knew that somebody was on their way to hell. Do y'all remember what it felt like to be lost? Y'all reflected back to where the way you, how empty it felt inside of you. 
and how nauseous it was to be lost. When was the last time we had the same feeling for somebody else? When was the last time we had a desire to be like Ezekiel and just stand and obey the voice of God? The Bible says you have not because you've asked not. When was the last time you carried a burden for your church? I'm talking waking 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning when you're not used to waking up and praying, God, fill my church. Thank God there's ain't a back row Baptist church. There's some of the back rows empty. But what I want to get at too is we want to have them things filled. Amen. Pray for your church. When's the last time you had a burden for your pastor? Us preachers get a small glimpse of what pastors go through. It's rough. They get weary just like we get weary just like y'all do. Sometimes we might find ourselves at the inch of the valley of dry bones. That's why we get up here and say, if you ain't nothing to pray for, pray for me. But well, that sometimes, brother, it's gonna get hard. It's gonna get dry. Sometimes you start wondering, are they gonna listen? Sometimes you wonder, are there any hope at all? God, can't they see the way the world is going? Why why does Satan blind so many people? Look at our young men. Look at our kids. They struggle with things that I never even struggled with. I had it fairly rough sometimes because of my own stupidity. But they struggle through things that we never thought would be imaginable. When was the last time the parents got on their knees and cried out to God and said, Lord, please be with my kids. I've got a wonderful young boy and he's starting to drive. Scares me to death. Most of the time he's a good driver, sometimes he's not. But it scares me. But I know that God's got him. You know why I know that? Because I asked him to. I don't want him to end up in the valley of dry bones. I've been to the edge of it. I've seen it. I've smelled it. It's terrible. I don't want him to have to go through that. When was the last time that you got up and prayed to God, say, Lord, please protect my kids. God, please have a head of protection about my family. I need you to intervene and help them. If you don't, they're going to end up in the valley of dry bones. And I'm telling you what, nothing hurts me more than my family struggle. My wife has struggled with some headaches the past few months. And usually I can massage and rub her head. Nothing touches it. And I said, thank God, can you please help her? Once a while he gives her a good day and I praise him for it. But she's going through this thing. I go, God is able to keep the faith. Yeah. I know sometimes my girl, test, I mean, we, we all struggle. We're in the flesh. Yeah. We don't have the white robe yet. But when was the last time that you carried a heartfelt, gut-wrenching burden for your family? Let me tell you a small prayer God answered for me. I'm not done preaching tonight. I'm going to share this with you, though. If you follow this might mean something to you. 
I was about to run out of hay. I gotta feed year round. I don't want to have the privilege of having 80 acres my house my cows to graze on. I gotta feed them year round. And I was looking toward the last 10 or 15 bales. So Lord, I'd like to have some more hay. <laughs> I'm gonna bale some fields this past June. Me and a friend of mine split 64 bales. This is, this is what God does. Two and a half, three months later, we didn't fertilize, we didn't crawl overseed, we didn't just let God be God. Went back a few weeks and I rolled the hay. I've never seen my bellers spit so many bells of hay out in one row in my life. It was hot and it was hard in two days. Listen, we had 64 rows to split. We rode 181 rows in two days. Yeah. <laughs> That's all God. Yeah. He supplied the fertilizer. He supplied the rain. He done it all. That's just small. That's small things. They're relevant things to you, but it meant the world to me. And then once and twice a week, we get to come and sit yeah. and have the places like he is. I love him tonight, church. I love him. He's been good to me. He's blessed me with some good people. Brother Jerry Austin back here last year, I bailed four bells on his old property. I got nine this year. That's God. That's God. But because of that, because of him loving me and saving me and blessing with a good family, a good, we're all here. We're not in the hospitals. He's been good to me. I'm like him. That little girl up here singing a song. I got my mind made up. You know what the Bible says? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. My mind's made up. I'm going to serve Jesus. Y'all willing to help me tonight? Y'all willing to help me tonight? I know there's more than five or six people here. It's time to quit being dead. It's time to stand up. Yeah. Quit worrying about offending somebody. Yeah. Let me tell you something, church. Do you want to offend somebody into hell? Can you imagine? God give you somebody to talk to. Send Brother Kenny. Use my wife. Send Jerry the direction. Because I'm not offending. Can you imagine trying to live with offending somebody into hell? They can been dead. And you had the very words of life through God to get them up. It starts tonight, church. If you're here tonight and you've been in this valley and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you wonder, is there any hope? His name is Jesus. And all he's got to do just touch you. You remember the woman that issued blood? You've been in church very long. I know you've heard it preached. She just touched the hem of his garment. If there is a need at all night, I'll tell you what, let's all stand. P.S. Come get us on the invitation right here. Musicians, if y'all want to come, come on up and help him. Have you been in that valley of dry bones?
Have you been sick and tired of fighting yourself? And fighting Satan? Today is your day. This is your time. Let me tell you something, church. Don't worry about looking around. Turn loose of the pew. And if God's trying to speak to you, move right now. Don't wait for the song to be over. Don't wait till you leave. You ain't guaranteed you'll make it home. The Bible says you better heartbeat away from dying. Just like that. Your next step, your next breath could be your last. The next time you blink your eyes could be your last. Are you ready to meet the Lord should he come tonight? Or are you dead? Just like these bones was. Your only hope tonight is a man named Jesus. I can't save you. I can't change you one bit. But I can lead you to one who can. It'll not cost you a narrow dime out of your back pocket. But it will cost you to die on yourself. Swallowing your pride. I know it's hard. I know it ain't easy. But I promise the walk is worth it. The greatest decision you can make could be tonight. As we sing.